Building a consistent customer success practice is something I believe differentiates a growing company from a thriving company, and that customer advocacy isn't only about building attitudinal loyalty, it's about doing the right thing for your customer in order for them to meet or exceed their desired outcome. Hi, I'm Tom Connery. Talking Customer Success was created to promote the value of customer success within the enterprise and small business. What's especially cool about this episode is I wrote up my notes for it and I'm in my car right now recording it while my son is at karate. Now, if you ever want to try podcasting and you think you need complex equipment um, and you can't make time for it, you're, you're wrong. You can find the time. Sure, I, I usually watch my son at karate, so this one I'm kind of skipping out on. But uh, please don't uh, think technology uh, is an excuse why you can't podcast. Because with tools like Anchor, it's really simple. Just recently, I conducted my first Clarity.fm premium call in regard to customer success. Clarity FM is a phone service that allows you to speak directly to SMEs for an hourly or by the minute fee. A business coach was uh, taking on a new client in the CSM space and messaged me about providing them an overview of what customer success is. And we went on for just over an hour and although the call wasn't recorded, I wanted to share much of the same content we discussed in this episode in case it could benefit someone else. Oh, don't worry, uh, it won't be an hour-long podcast episode. If you are also interested in a professional consultation, I've set up a special offer for free calls, but there are only three uses available. If you'd like to chat with me about customer success management, act now before I change the link. You can find the VIP free booking link in the show notes. If you visit clarity.fm and search for customer success, you should see me in the top five or so on page one, but my rate is $1.67 per minute, and that'll likely be displayed. You can only get the free rate and the free booking if you use the special link that I'm putting in the show notes. The person I spoke to wants to stay anonymous, so I'm not going to give away anything that could possibly identify them. I'll open up by reading their uh, introduction, I guess, or the message they sent me. Hi Thomas, I'm an executive coach in such and such city. I'm onboarding a new client who works in customer success. I haven't coached a client in this functional area before. I need to get up to speed. I'm looking to better understand the role, responsibilities, challenges, any cross-functional pain points, and any tips for someone in this department. Please let me know if you have time this week. I thought the best way to begin the call and answer his questions would be to define what a CSM does. A CSM ensures that customers achieve their desired outcome by way of their appropriate experience as a primary means to retaining the customer's business or revenue. And uh, I, I do credit Lincoln Murphy on the desired outcome and experience piece because that's where I first heard it. Whenever I think about that, I kind of think about him. If you don't know who Lincoln Murphy is, He's uh, quite an evangelist in the customer success space and one of the one of the co-authors for the customer success book that Nick Mehta is also on, and Nick Mehta is the CEO of Gainsight. You may have heard of 
the equation CS equals CO plus CX, and that's kind of where the customer success equals desired outcome plus experience came from. In addition, a great CSM builds rapport with an account that influences attitudinal loyalty to your organization. This could be at the product level or even at the brand level, which is ideal. When that happens, expansion, upsell, and referrals become that much easier to introduce or obtain, and renewals are nearly guaranteed. In the best scenarios, the customer trusts you, sees you as their partner or guide in their success, and believes that you, the CSM, care about how they achieve that success. We then talked about sales a little bit, onboarding, what the run state looks like as a CSM, and why having a customer journey map can be so valuable, and especially helpful for the CSM. When it came to KPIs, I didn't want to start throwing a bunch of math and reasoning at them. I try to participate in a few LinkedIn groups and peruse what some directors and VPs and managers of CS are talking about or asking questions aligned to, and sometimes I'm a bit perplexed at some of what I read. Besides net revenue retention being um, you know, across the board of interest to everyone they, about finance and the percentage. The net promoter score is also talked about quite a bit. But many people in the CS space uh, have varying acronyms and formulas and uh, things they're talking about measuring. So I didn't want to deep dive into that for this specific call and just gave this person a few to think about. In general, I covered TTFV or time to first value and why it's important for sales. I read an article about time versus value when it comes to TTFV and longer than normal or downright excessive time may mean that you have a bad fit customer. And as a CSM, there's nothing worse than manage a bad fit account. So time to first value is an important thing you wanna measure uh, throughout onboarding. NPS. Would they recommend your organization? Is loyalty based? I think most of us know at this point that net promoter score uh, is something many organizations are using. Some of them use it incorrectly. It can sometimes give a false positive, um, but tries to portray a holistic success measurement for your organization. CES is customer effort score, and it mostly aligns to feedback in regard to how easy it is to you know, work with your product or your service. And CSAT is kind of known across the board in general satisfaction. Uh, most people see them through support cases after closure, things like that. And it's really about happiness and overall satisfaction with a certain scenario or situation. And net revenue retention, sometimes called dollar revenue retention, examines your company's ability to increase revenue after evaluating expansion, downsell, and churn. If you score a value greater than 100%, you're likely doing something right. And if you hit like 110%, then you're probably doing really well. We also briefly reviewed what churn is, upsell, cross-sell, downsell, and renewals. Pertaining to good fit versus bad fit customers, the way I put it was, a company knows what they sell and who it's best suited for, and having a, a journey map, or maybe I should say a maturity map, uh, would also aid in not only finding, but landing customers who are ideally suited for your product or service.
And when you try, when you start trying to sell to everyone, you begin to run the risk of obtaining bad fit accounts, which can have a negative impact financially due to the amount of resources they can consume. They can also negatively impact morale and lead to internal turnover. I think cost is the most unseen metric when it comes to managing a bad fit account. The time, the effort, additional resources, management needs, it typically just becomes much higher um, than it would in a good fit customer scenario. Okay, hold on a second. I almost forgot. I'm going off track on something I wanted to make sure I mentioned. I have to stop and thank every single one of you who have listened to Talking Customer Success. Honestly, I still feel like I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to podcasting, but my episodes have passed 1,500 listens now, and from people across 35 countries, and that just like astounds me. What was crazy to see was that 56% of my listeners are based in the U.S. I, I just assumed it'd be much higher, considering that's kind of where I am and who I thought I was communicating to primarily, but the podcast world, it doesn't really matter. Also, Apple and Spotify are the top platforms being used by my listeners, and I couldn't have done any of this without Anchor. Okay, getting back to it. We touched on <laughs> touch types uh, being low-high tech and quote-unquote the right touch. Um, that's kind of self-explanatory. I don't think I need to tell anyone on this call what the difference is. But many CS teams or orgs, strategies, what have you, tend to classify their customers in a certain touch type. It could be based on how much they spend, um, how mature they are, what kind of products they are purchasing, what they use. There's a lot of different reasons why you would classify someone a certain way. Um, and I didn't go into the details. I just kind of let him know what it means to be low touch, high touch, tech touch, and why in many cases none of those apply and it's really about just setting the right touch for that customer per customer success salaries i i think they're all over the place i obviously know what i've made through the years doing uh, csm work but i've talked to friends and i see that it varies greatly i've seen jobs in my local area um, quite low salaries in my opinion uh, and i've seen salaries three to four times that high uh, for you know what should be considered the same job but everything depends on who the company is uh, what region do you live in how much experience do you have so in general salaries for CSMs are really all over the place as far as customer success operations go I let them know to me it's about enabling other CSMs to succeed leveraging common templates processes and procedures and I've seen CS orgs without standardization where each CSM is kind of doing their own thing and it's not my style. I'm a big fan of CS operations and wish more orgs invested in one or more resources who just focused on CS ops full-time where the CSMs become the customer of the ops team so you can make them more successful. Lastly what data to look for. This can really depend on the product under management, but overall, are customers using your product? Uh, what, are, what are logins by week, by month? Has usage increased or decreased? 
when it comes to the support cases that they're opening? Are there increases or decreases in that? What about categorization monitoring and tracking? Where are they creating cases? Aligned to what features and why? Roadmap and planning, weekly versus monthly versus quarterly. And QBR is formal with key stakeholders, right? That We all know that. What did we do last quarter? Where are we going next? Many CS orgs seem to require formal quarterly reviews, but I tend to think it's more of a right fit discussion. The customer should help dictate how often they prefer formal reviews, sometimes being on site or in person. Some questions to think about. If you're a CSM, we reviewed some of these. Is the company taking action based on customer success feedback? Are you unable to provide proactive information to the customer? Are you always in react mode, behind their needs, trying to catch up? Are you babysitting support and have to follow up on cases consistently? Are you an extension of support and helping to either fulfill requests or resolve incidents? Are you actually making changes in your customers' environments? Are you provided clear information about the product roadmap and features? Are you provided how-to and enablement information you can easily learn and pass on to your customer? You can hear how some of those are quite dangerous and unfortunate if your CSM is doing all those things. So that's why we reviewed those questions, just some things you should think about. And I'm sure I can think of more, but you get the idea. Overall, being a CSM can be incredibly challenging for a multitude of reasons, but it's also incredibly rewarding being able to help not only your customer's business, but your own business grow. To wrap up the call, my client uh, provided the following feedback, uh, which was great. I appreciate it. Uh, But he said, Tom was very helpful in walking me through CSM best practices. He explained at a high level how to rank and prioritize various responsibilities of the CSM role. He also offered tactical advice on, among other topics, communicating around escalations, using data for internal conversations, and understanding and addressing bad fit customers. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm a big uh, fan of using data before you go into conversations. And when I listed all those questions, that's kind of, it kind of aligns to some of that too. I try to have so much information in my back pocket about my customer and their history and their tracking and trending uh, to help make decisions. In closing this episode, I will repeat my Clarity.fm offer. If you'd love to uh, speak to me about customer success, that'd be so cool. Um, It's very easy to reach out to me on Anchor. If you actually have an Anchor account, you can leave me a voice memo that's 60 seconds long and talk to me that way. Uh, You can find me on Twitter at T-H-O-M-A-S-C-O-N-N-E-R-Y. That's Thomas Connery. But overall, if you are interested in a professional consultation, I've set up a special offer for free calls, but there's only three uses available. So check the show notes of this podcast if you'd like to uh, schedule one of those free calls. If you're one of the lucky three, uh, just click on that link and try to set up a time with me. Uh, You can propose a time. It's very easy to do. You'll see how how it works, and I will just respond back if I can't make it. We need to reschedule, Uh, but it's, it's very simple to go through. And once we agree... The email goes out, the invite, uh, the phone number, and the PIN code is automatically just assigned by Clarity FM. It's a really easy-to-use service for scheduling you know, premium or 
paid phone calls. And uh, of course, in this case, I'm offering a free chat to the first three people who sign up. So thanks again for listening. I greatly appreciate your time and attention. This is Talking Customer Success.